Good morning, this lovely Wednesday morning, May the 3rd, 2023. Today we are going to take a look at a case for the state of Michigan in the county of Oakland. Case number 03-047448-CZ. This is an affidavit in that case from a Walker Todd. Um, I got this document or I, f I was notified of this document from a guy that goes by the name of Yusuf L on YouTube. The document itself has got some highlighted areas in it that were there. I just did a Google search and found it. So if you, if you do a search for affidavit of Walker Todd, you'll find the document out on the internet that you can download and read yourself. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start off and describe who Walker Todd is and what his experience is in order to state the things that he's stating. And then we're going to read through this document. We're not going to read it in its entirety. I'm just going to kind of skip through some for to some of the more important uh, aspects of it. It's a 14 page document, so you can read the whole thing if you want to. It's actually got quite a bit of, of good information in it. Um, but we're just going to kind of skip through and take a look at what's going on. So the primary idea, the primary uh, theme of today is talking about money and what it actually is and what it is not. Um, so let's start off with who Walker Todd is. Um, so I'm going to skip the first section. We'll get down here to professional background qualifications. My qualifications as an expert witness in monetary and banking instruments are as follows. For 20 years, I worked as an attorney and legal officer for the legal departments of the Federal Reserve Banks of New York and Cleveland. Among other things, I was assigned responsibility for questions involving both novel and routine notes, bonds, bankers, acceptances, securities, and other financial instruments in connection with my work at reserve banks, discount windows, and parts of the open market trading desk function in New York. In addition, for nine years, I worked as an economic research officer at the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. I became one of the Federal Reserve recognized experts on the legal history of central banking and the pledging of notes, bonds, and other financial instruments at the discount window to enable the Federal Reserve to make advances of credit that became or could become money. So you can see the guy's got quite a bit of experience. It's not, you're not listening to me in this example who has no experience in this stuff. You're listening to an expert. So all I'm doing here is reading his uh, opinion. Um, and, and the other thing to mention here is that this is written in response to a court case. So some of the things that I'm reading here are related specifically to that case. We'll just kind of have to parse them out as we go. But the, the main premise, I think you'll get the point here. So the, it's, it goes on to say the principles work, the principle works as follows. Um, it says, and, and let me just start the whole thing. It says banks are required to adhere to generally accepted accounting principles. That's called GAAP, G-A-A-P. GAAP follows an accounting convention that lies at the heart of the double entry bookkeeping system called the managing print or matching principle. This principle works as follows. When a bank accepts bullion, coin, currency, checks, drafts, promissory notes, or any other similar instruments here and after instruments, 
from customers and depositors or records the or records the instruments as assets it must record offsetting liabilities that match the assets that ex, that it accepted from customers the liabilities represent the amounts that the bank owes the customers funds accepted from the customers in a fractional reserve banking system like the united states banking system most of the funds advanced to the borrowers the assets of the banks if you will are created by the banks themselves they're not merely transferred from one set of depositors to another so essentially what he's saying here is that the banks they may take in gold bullion they may take in you know certificates and things that are actual assets but when they do that, they put them on their books as an asset, and then they also make an, a matching entry of a liability. But when you go in to get a loan from the bank, they're not actually using those assets to give to you to go buy the property that you're actually trying to buy. What they do is out of thin air, they create this these fake bills, these uh, Federal Reserve notes, and they hand those to you instead. So and and you'll see as we go along, they're allowed to print as many of those things as they want. So the bank, while it does have assets on the books, when you go get an asset, you go buy a piece of property, what is essentially happening is you are giving them your property. They're they're getting the the lien against your property, and you're getting nothing from the bank. They're, they're literally giving you nothing. And the only thing that makes this work is that the person you're buying the property from is as dumb as you are. And you both think you're actually getting something from the bank and they're going, you know, out to dinner that night laughing because you were stupid enough to come get a loan. So that is essentially what we're saying here. Um, if we we're, we're just going to kind of skim through this document. I'm not going to read every single part of it. Um, so this is a, another comment that, that he has here. <clears throat> it says, with the exception of customary stores of value like gold and silver, the monetary base of the economy largely consists of credit instruments. Against this background, I conclude that the note, despite some language about lawful money explained below, clearly contemplates both disbursement of funds and eventual repayment of settlement in money of account that is money of exchange would be welcome but is not required to repay the or settle the note so essentially we have what what he calls or what would exist money of account and money of exchange money of exchange you can think of as your labor it's, it's something that is actual has it actually has value money of account is nothing more than doing some accounting on a book. It, it, there is no asset there. There's nothing there of any value whatsoever other than the fact that they say there's value. Um, and so that that's kind of what he's getting at here. Um, lawful money was the form of money of exchange that the federal government or any state could be required by statute to receive in payment for taxes and other debts. Traditionally, as defined by Congress, lawful money only included gold, silver, and currency notes. <clears throat> Redeemable for gold and silver on demand. So again, don't think about currency notes as being a Federal Reserve note. A currency note, in, in reference to what he's saying here, or paper money was more accurately what it, what it was called, is a certificate that said that you can take this to the bank. The bank's holding your gold for you take this certificate to them and they'll give it to you 
or continue to use the paper money, the certificate, to buy other stuff if you want to. It's completely up to you. But the gold is in the bank, and it's there for you to go get anytime you want. In their system, money of account, they there is no money. They're literally just making notes, these debt notes that they're handing to you. You think that they're money. So you go give them to your buddy that also thinks they're money. And the two of you are going back and forth, exchanging these fake notes. The bankers are all laughing at you and you're giving them free labor. So if you really think about this, back in the day, you used to have slaves. Slaves would do your work for you, but the masters were always scared to go to sleep at night because those slaves at any moment could get up and come kill them or come take over the plantation. And there would be little that they could do about it because the, there were so many more slaves than there were masters. So if you take that thought, take what they used to deal with, and then think about what's happening right now. These bankers have they're, they're doing a social experiment and you're the you're the rat. They are taking fake money, they're handing it to you and telling you that it's money and they tell your neighbor and your and your employer and everyone else that this is money. This is what you want in life. This is money greenbacks. They're just making this stuff up. But what they get in return is they get your goods, your services, your, your engineering, your labor, they get your brain for free, your arms and legs for free, and they didn't do anything for it. They literally, the entire system is made up. There, it is an experiment to see if they can get the slaves to work without thinking that they're slaves. Tell them they're free. Tell them that they can do anything they want uh, as long as they follow the rules, which kind of means you can't do anything you want. And let's let's see if we can make them do the work for us and we won't have to whip them. We won't have to do it. We'll put a few of them in jail. You know, we'll, we'll scare, scare them and, and make them think that they still have to follow these rules. But in the, in the long term, what we'll end up with is all the assets, all the land, all the cars, all the property, and we'll get their labor for free. So we get to buy up all this stuff and we never have to work. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is accounting and, and make it look like we're working. But we'll fly around on the big jets and own islands and mansions and, you know, have all the women and we'll do our thing and have a good time. But we'll keep all of our slaves working because we'll we'll trick them into thinking that these greenbacks are what they're actually working for. So that's essentially what has happened and what is happening right now until we wake up and stop it. All right, so what I'm going to read in this document it says traditionally, as defined by Congress, lawful money only included gold, silver, and currency notes redeemable for gold and silver on demand. In a banking law context, lawful money was only those forms of money of exchange. The forms just mentioned, plus U.S. bonds and notes redeemable for gold, that constituted the reserves of a national bank prior to 1913 the creation of the Federal Reserve. And again, buy or get the audio book for The Creature from Jekyll Island. It will blow your mind. Um, everything you think you know is wrong. 
Um, and it says, see lawful money in the Webster's New International Dictionary in, in, uh, for 1950. Um, and it says, in light of these facts, I conclude that the plaintiff and defendants exchanged reciprocal credits involving money of account, not money of exchange. No lawful money was, was or probably ever would be dispersed between either side in the co covered transaction. This concludes also inconsistent with bookkeeping entries that underlie the loan account dispute in the present case. Moreover, it is puzzling why the plaintiff would retain the archaic language lawful money of the United States of America in its otherwise modern seeming note. It is possible that this language is merely a legacy from the pre-era, pre-1933 era modern credit agreement might include repayment language such as the repayment obligation under this agreement shall continue until payment is received in fully and finally collected funds, which avoids the entire question of in what form of money or credit is the repayment obligated to do. Uh, legal tender, a, a related concept, but one that is economically inferior to law, lawful money because it allows payment in instruments that cannot be redeemed in gold or silver on demand. Has, and this has been seen uh, or has been the form of money of exchange commonly used in the United States since 1933 when domestic private gold transactions were suspended until 1974. So 74 is when they actually allowed us to buy gold again. We could, we could buy gold coins. We still couldn't tender them. We couldn't use them to pay our debts, but we could at least buy them and possess them. Um, so basically in, and in 1964, so 1933, they did away with gold. You couldn't pay the, the dollar was no longer backed by any gold, but there was a backing for silver in certain situations in 1964, they did away with the silver backing. So what they have done and, and nobody, I mean, I, I'm assuming nobody has figured this out, but or at least they've not considered it. But when they did away with the backing of the gold, they essentially made the dollar a note, pure note. It, it had no legal, no, no backing whatsoever, which means that the word income, which is defined as a return in money from a business. And if you go back and look up return, it says profit. So you could say income is the profit in money from a business and money is gold and silver coin or paper money, not to include notes or debts, uh, any instruments of debt. So you do not make money and therefore you do not make income. You can't make income. A human being getting reimbursed for their services couldn't make income if they tried, but a company could except that a company doesn't make income either because we don't make money. There is no money in the system. You couldn't possess money if you wanted to, unless you take these fake dollar bills and go spend them and actually buy a $50 gold piece or something that actually has value. That's the only way that you could possess money. Otherwise you're holding fake notes that enslave you by your masters and they are absolutely your masters. And the, and the other thing I want to mention is, you know, we're, everybody is like down on the police and down on the military and down on attorneys. 
I would argue that you there isn't a single police officer on the damn planet that knows anything about what I'm talking about. There isn't a there there are very few attorneys that have any idea what I'm talking about. There's very few people in the military. I would say almost no people in the military that have any idea what I'm talking about. And so we we are actually and this is the the really insane thing is back in the day you would have a white master for example and there were black slave masters as well so i'm not getting in this racial bullshit that everybody wants to try to dig up but there were white slave masters and then they had their kin or their you know these white people that worked for them that would beat the slaves down and keep them in in shape uh, but imagine that you were such a good slave master that you could actually get the slaves to beat themselves. You could actually get black slaves to enslave their own black neighbors because that is the game that has been played now. We've, we have escalated from having slaves and having to beat them to actually being able to enslave them, trick them into thinking that you're actually giving them something of value, and then get them, through their police and military, get them to enforce these crazy-ass laws on each other. You can actually trick them into actually taking care of each other. You're not even having to do anything. All you're doing is collecting all of the, the assets from every single person that's buying something and they're, you're doing nothing for it. You're literally walking in, hitting the thing, printing up some money and here, here's your money. And these people are actually going to go give you their free labor for the next 30 years to pay back nothing that you gave them. And in addition for that 30 years, you have their property because in order for them to get the loan, they had to give you the asset. So they gave you something tangible. You gave them something worthless but the bank gets the credit. They get to hold all of the assets. So the system is quite twisted. And until we wake everybody up and, and realize what's happening, it is absolutely insane. Um, so this uh, silver thing since 1964, it says to see 31 USC sections 5103, 5118B, and 5119A for more reference for the, the backing of the silver and gold. Um, so... And then it goes on to, to say here, uh, I question the statement that Fed reserve notes cannot be redeemed for silver since 1964. Um, it was Johnson who declared on March 15th, 1967, that after June 1967, Federal Reserve notes would not be exchanged for silver. Practice did not stop until uh, 67. And it says that he thinks this is an error. So evidently somebody in the trial quoted something and he's saying that they were wrong. Um, so it says legal tender under the uniform commercial code. And by the way, the UCC code is their enslavement doctrine and you're responsible for it because you're a citizen of the United States, which is something that we all need to try to rectify here. Um, section one dash two Oh one, uh, official comment is, and I, I want to mention one thing. I, I have not looked up this code section, so it could have changed because they do change these code sections from time to time. So the number may not be the actual number for what I'm about to read. 
Um, it says official comment is a concept that uh, sometimes sur surfaces in ca cases of this nature. Uh, the reference official comment notes that the def definition of money is not limited to legal tender under the U UCC. Money is defined in Section 1-201 as a medium of exchange authorized or adopted by a domestic or foreign government and includes a monetary unit of account established by an intergovernal organization or by agreement between two or more nations. The relevant official comment states that the test adopted is that a sanction of government, whether by authorization before issue or adoption afterwards, which recognizes the circulating medium as a part of the official currency of that government. The narrow view that money is limited to legal tender is rejected. Um, thus, I conclude that the UCC tends to validate the classical theoretical view of money. So he's acknowledging the fact that the claims that are put forth in the UCC to try to define money is not actually the definition of money. And again, we've defined money. You can go to Black's Law Dictionary and look it up and, and see exactly what money is. Um, and it's so, so how banks began to lend their own credit instead of real money. Um, it says, in my opinion, the best resources or the best sources of information on the origins and use of credit as money are in Alfred Marshall, Money Creditor and Commerce, 249-251-1929, and Charles P. Kendallberger, A Financial History of Western Europe, 50-53-1984, a synthesis a synthesis of these sources as applied to the facts of the present case is as follows. As commercial banks and discount houses, private bankers became established in parts of Europe, especially Great Britain and North America. By the mid 19th century, they commonly made loans to borrowers that ex by extending their own credit to the borrowers or at the borrower's direction to third parties. The typical form of such extensions of credit was drafts or bills of exchange drawn upon themselves claims of the credit of the drawees instead of the disbursements of bullion, coin, or other forms of money. In transactions with third parties, these drafts and bills came to serve most of the ordinary functions of money. The third parties had to determine for themselves whether such credit money had value, and if so, how much. The Federal Reserve Act of 1913 was drafted with this model of the, of the commercial economy in mind, and provided at least two mechanisms. And it says the discount window in the open market trading desk by which certain types of bankers credits could be exchanged for federal reserve credits. And it says, um, thus credit money is not alien to the current official monetary system. It is just rarely used as a device for the creation of federal reserve credit that in turn in the form of credit of, uh, either Federal Reserve notes or banks deposits at Federal Reserve banks function as money in the current monetary system. So they don't issue money. They issue credit. Um, and again, it's account credit. It's not even real. It, the bank doesn't have assets when they give you an $800,000 loan. They don't have the assets for that loan. They just make them up. And, and it's your belief that they actually have those assets that is allowing this thing to work. It's, it's actually not only your belief, but it's also the belief of the people that you're handing that money to. So 
He goes on to say it is not unreasonable an unreasonable argument to state that the plaintiff apparently char changed the economic economic substance of the transaction from the contemplate that contemplated in the credit application form agreements notes or other similar instruments that the defendants executed thereby changing the costs and risk to the defendants which creates at least the interference of inequity of obligations uh, so this is essentially getting back to what I was saying a moment ago. The bank is actually giving you nothing. You are giving them the only money, the only medium of exchange that you have available to you, which is labor. You have nothing else to give them. So your labor is given to them for free and in exchange for you thinking that they actually gave you something in return. So it, everything that we, you know, every point that we've made at this point is has kind of drawn this slavery uh, doctrination that that has been put on all of us. So no matter how smart you think you are, no matter you know how powerful you think you are, how much resources you have, or how much money you have in the bank, you're still a slave to these people. If you're playing this game, unless you're a member of the game you are a slave to the system and you may be reaping the benefits of it. You may be smart enough that you're, you know, out there taking advantage of everything you can to get as much assets as you, as you possibly can get, but you're still a fool. You're still a slave. They still own all the property. And if you don't believe me, go look at your certificate of title and go look up the definitions of those. And you'll find out that you actually are the possessor of that property, but you don't own it. You don't own the prop, the, the land that you have, the house you live in, the cars you drive. You don't own any of them. The government owns everything. The banks own everything. So we all need to start educating everyone around us as to what is going on with this so that, and again, I don't have the answer. I don't know what, how, if at all possible, we can fix this problem, but every single human being on this planet needs to know what the game is that they're playing. Even if they can't do anything about it, we still need to know what the game is because otherwise you're going to go through life getting taken advantage of because they're playing by a completely different set of rules than what you were given in your handbook.